All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. I got to a point where I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop out. And it was probably one of the hardest times of my life. Say we had 40 people in the year, maybe only 20 actually got into the London showcase. You know, you might get something on a soap that they might say, oh, it's just one episode. And you think, well, I don't want to be in one episode. I want to be in a regular. And my teacher was in the back of the minibus having a wank. Oh my God. Wait, hang on a minute. I robbed your house. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident drama school dropout. This week it's episode 151 and I am joined by an absolutely amazing actor who you may know from his time on Channel 4's Ackley Bridge. Please welcome to the podcast, Freddie Bolt. Drama School Dropout, no graduation day for you. Welcome to the podcast. How are we? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Honestly, thank you so much for coming on. I'm good. I'm slightly good. stressed. Like, Why? I mean, let's just talk about it because I feel like nobody else is talking about it and I don't actually know if you're allowed to talk about it. I think it has to be the elephant in the room, but I'm not a member of it anyway. Um, so I am about to go into the fringe. Been rehearsing yeah. the show for months. And um, I was like, I'll be dead smart and I'll pre-record loads of episodes so then I can just enjoy myself. And yeah. it's so annoying because I put all of my British guests out and I was like, oh, some of these guests have got things Never coming out in like August. So I'll <laughs> bank them. And then obviously um, the Screen Actors Guild of America have gone on strike, um, standing in solidarity with them all. Fuck AI, fuck all these people that don't want to pay people. Absolutely. Um, but it's just meant that I've just like over the past week been getting emails being like, hey, I know we recorded this in April um, and I know you're planning on releasing it in the next couple of weeks, but can we hold off on that? But don't. <laughs> oh god yeah i was i was having some time off and i was gonna just focus on the fringe and after the fringe i was gonna get back into it but i'm here and and you know what i'm happy to be here good as am i as am i good answer but just slightly stressed about the whole situation I'll, we'll, we'll have a lovely time it's fine we'll <laughs> we will do. but how's how's life because we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording but you were talking about doing zooms and performing art schools and all that yeah it has been a mad couple of years but it has life. yeah i mean yeah it's it's really good now thankfully we're out the other side of it but um yeah so yeah i've got two performing art schools i've got one in um west yorkshire called bolt academy and one in manchester called b academy which is where i live now but I'm from keithley in west yorkshire and i just started both academies before um covid obviously it hit mm. um so we just kind of got to a really good place we were building them up and then all of a sudden bang it was like you know you've got to close so it was a obviously a really difficult time looking back on it I, I don't know how we got through it to be honest with you but I was just saying to you then before we started recording I haven't used Zoom in such a long time now I think I have PTSD from Zoom itself yeah because obviously for, for two years it was th th this was my life you know sat in the back bedroom on here with the students which it was a brilliant time. It was really different and I sort of learned a lot in it and we experienced different things. But yeah, I'm quite happy being out the other side of it now yeah. and, not, and being able to sort of interact face to face because I do feel like you get a lot more from them interacting face to face mm. than through um, through a screen. Yeah, 100%. And it, I dropped out of um, uni just before the pandemic, like literally 
like oh, a really? fraction of it. And I didn't go back until everything was like 90% in person. Yeah. And like some of the horror stories that people have told me about just doing drama school online. And I'm like, you all paid nine grand a year for that. I know. Well, one of my um, one of my friends, his daughter went and trained at the same drama school that I went to, but obviously through COVID times. And it was just ev- everything that I did there. I was just like, well, how, how, how can they do that on Zoom? And it's like, well, they, they found a way, but it's just not the same. But ultimately, no, no one had a choice, really. It was just, yeah. that was just, it wasn't. I just so grateful that I was able to be there and do it all face to face and then it happened after I mean that's Same. great me it's not good for the guys that that were there during that but honestly sure they- it's one of my biggest flexes like the summer before we went into lockdown it was like my 21st I graduated from like my college um program I had my grad ball I had an amazing summer and I was like thank fuck I got to do all of that like like yeah. people that I know that graduated in COVID and like didn't even get a graduation. We we did an assignment called Animal Studies, and that was basically where the tutors allocated different animals to you. So I, of course, was a silverback gorilla. Fun. And I'm just wondering. So the 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 sort of purpose of the the um the task was to kind of really embody that animal. And and you know I, I studied people like Andy Serkis when he was sort of portraying Gollum and people like that, and and it fascinated me. But I just thought, how on earth do you do that, do that in your bedroom. Like, if I did that, my mum and dad would think, Jesus, what, what on earth is going on? Or my girlfriend, Sophie, she'd be like, is Freddie all right up there? He's banging around like a bloody silverback gorilla. Like, is everything all right? Mm. No, I am. Um, that module, I also kind of did that module. And that was the thing that pushed me over the edge to drop out of drama school. Really? Yeah. We had to go to Edinburgh Zoo and we had to pick an animal. We weren't allocated one. And um, I, I chose a panda. Um, and then no, I, found... I was just going to say, please, can I guess what you are, what you were? And I was going to say a panda. Well, my plan was that the pandas, for the whole time that I observed them, were asleep. So I was just going to go and sit in the corner and go to sleep, right? I was very on brand. <laughs> I don't um, think you'd be a very good mark for that, would you? Or would you? No. Well, but then I found out that the plan wasn't just to do it in class. And the plan was that the uni were going to put on... And I just went to a normal uni. It wasn't a drama school it was like there was people down the corridor studying sports science yeah and they were going to put on this interactive zoo for the rest of the uni and like we were going to be the animals and people were going to walk through this zoo and i just thought do you know what i'm all right yeah like i was already about to drop out but the student loan payments were keeping me hanging on there and i was like i'm not doing this no no, it is difficult. You know, I I actually, um, before I went to drama school, and I actually, it was a university that I went to, but it was mm. drama school affiliated, which was a big thing for me personally, because I'm quite sporty. I like football and I wanted that drama school training, but I wanted the university life as well. Yeah. Something that I really sort of took advantage of in year, in, in first year, I'll be honest. So I did have to kind of calm that down a little bit. Um, I remember actually when I got, when I got told that I was going to be, silverback gorilla i was on my way to um a football game it was like a wednesday it was a football game and i was like at that point in first year i didn't really have my priorities straight i feel like i was kind of there who does well exactly yeah and to be honest i actually went to leeds uni before i went to drama school i think i'd I'd done acting from a really young age and i got to a point where i went and did camp america and i thought when i come back 
I'm going to go to uni. I'm going to do business. I don't know why. I've never done business before in my life. I just thought, I, I, I had different people sort of saying to me, you know, we don't want you to be an out-of-work actor and we want you to get a good career in you, you know. So I, I thought, yeah, you know what? And I listened to a few people around me and I, I ended up going to business at Leeds, at Leeds Uni. And that was just a complete carnage. It was all about going out, drinking. As obviously all unis are, which is fine, but obviously you've got to remember why you're there as well. Yeah. And then it, it was even to a point where, you know, I would... I was going into uni and even the tutor wouldn't show up. And I'm thinking, right, this is taking the piss of it now. Mm. Like, you know, so I got to a point where I just thought, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to drop out. And it was probably one of the hardest times of my life, to be honest, because I, I just felt like it's such a big decision. And I'd spent years sort of trying to make it. And I don't feel like I made the right decision when, when, I, when I was there. And you get that sort of burning feeling where you're just like, I, I know this isn't right, but I, I don't know what else I want to do. I don't know where, yeah. what direction I want to go in. So I ended up um, dropping out, which, like I said, it was really, really hard time. Um, and then I just came home to my mum and dad's and just started working. And and that's when I just thought, no, I want, I'm, I'm going to sort of do acting. That's what I want to do. So what someone once said to me is, it doesn't really matter what you do. It's how you do in it. So if I, I might, you know, obviously pick acting, I might, because I'm passionate about it, because I enjoy doing it, do really, really well in that. And I might not even go on to be an actor. I might go on to do something in business, but employers will look at that and go, right, he's got a, a first-class honours degree in acting. So they'll more look at how you've done in it and how you've applied yourself than what it is actually in. Yeah. So that was like, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go and do something that I genuinely enjoy doing and thank God I did. Yeah, just take the dropout university off of the CV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not mentioned that other than on this, so please don't mention it. World exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but no it is it's a it's a funny thing dropping out and like my whole thing is like i am totally up for the habitual humiliation in spaces where it's like expected like i i'm going through it right now it's really weird actually it's very similar to my time dropping out at uni i'm doing a play called alba that's at the fringe come and see us ticket links i've sound really enthusiastic about it um no it's a really good play but i i play this stupid music teacher who has a rap in the middle and he's trying to teach people about Robbie Burns. And like the rap is ridiculous. It is habitual humiliation, right? But I'm fine doing it in rehearsals. I'm fine doing it on stage because people expect it. And yes, literally yesterday, was it yesterday? What day? What day is it? Wednesday. So it's Thursday today. On Tuesday. Tuesday, right? Tuesday we were in rehearsals and we're rehearsing in this sort of working men's club. And um, they were doing a scene and it's like an argument and somebody came in from the bar and was like, you need to stop fighting. Obviously, they didn't know it was like acting and stuff. But then I instantly went, oh, they can all hear me. Fuck. Yeah. So they just kind of got introvert. Because they don't know what we're doing. Like, I'm just an idiot rapping about fucking Robert Burns. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? It's a weird life we live. Sometimes... And, and we really try and instill this in the kids when, we, when we're teaching is you've just got to really let go of your inhibitions yeah. and just kind of throw everything into it. Because the minute that you start being wary of who's watching and, and you know, we, we see this more so in the older age groups. We, so we have five classes on a Tuesday. We, we've just done them the other night. And from the, the younger ones to the sort of, you know, seven to eight year olds, the nine to 10 year olds, the nine to 10 year olds are fantastic. They just throw everything, throw themselves into absolutely everything. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Whereas as soon as you creep up to that 11 to 13 age group and plus, 
they really start to sort of be wary of other people. And it's 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 sad, but it, that is life. And, and I will have been like that as well. So it's secondary school. Secondary school kicks in. It is exactly that. It's secondary school. It's social media. You know, I, I just wish that, and we try and instill it to be a really safe environment that they can yeah. do, they can make fun of themselves. But yeah, it, it happens. And it is really, it's hard to sort of counteract that. But um we're working on it but yeah it is really difficult and I, like I said I, I found it difficult as well but I will say this slightly more enthusiastically if you're in Edinburgh and you're at the Fringe Festival from the 2nd to the 13th of August come and see Albert at the Gilded Balloon I don't know the venue well, the ticket links are in the show notes below um, it's a fun show actually um, it's about the Scottish independence referendum so if you want to come and see us talk about that for I think it's an hour come and see it but what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Doesn't have to be a professional one. We love a good nativity story. Right. Um, I think it was my nan, actually, that told my mum. And, my, my nan and my auntie went to watch a show and it was stage 84 at the Alhambra Theatre in Bradford. Mm. And it was a fantastic production. It was a really, really good performing arts school. And I think she told my mum and dad, you know, I, I was about seven or eight at the time. And they were sort of saying, you know, Freddie's showing real signs that he could do something like that. So my mum and dad enrolled me into stage 84. And I remember him taking me. I just did not want to go at all. I just really, really didn't want to go. I hated, I think it was probably anxiety now. I think yeah. at the time it wouldn't have, you know, it was just, no, he's a bit worried about going. But now it is anxiety. I just really was anxious about going and joining a new club. I also think... And going through this, doing this podcast, it hits me, especially when I'm talking to other working class people, because it happened to me too. When you're in a working class environment, there's a toxic masculinity surrounded by boys doing this. It's yeah. a very, like, I remember sitting, to, picking my GCSE subjects, like being, my dad was sitting next to me and scared to go, oh, I want to do drama. Yeah, I feel really grateful because I never really had that. It was more my dad that was pushing me into it, mm. really. If anything, Not pushing me into it, but encouraging me to kind of do it. When I was at secondary school, it was a lot more of a taboo sort of, you know, I, I think there was about three boys in the whole year. We had 120 people in the year. Three boys did it. Mm. Whereas I feel like it might have gone a bit more the other way now. It seemed to be a little bit more cool to do it. I don't know. I hope so anyway. Um, well, so do I. I. I know my school no longer offer it, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I hope it is, and because like the fact, the thing that I always say is, yeah, but you get the piss taken out of you when you're doing it in school. But as soon yeah. as the Avengers film comes out, everybody's going to see it. And Tom Holland, exactly. exactly. Like, yeah. Tom Holland started off in Billy Elliot, which is a musical about ballet. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So um, I started stage 84 and I just absolutely loved it. I got the buzz for it mm. um, and I started going sort of two or three, four times a week sometimes. And then they have a casting agency there. So they put me on the agency and I got um, my first, I, I had loads of knockbacks really. I had loads of sort of auditions, which is brilliant. And I think it's really, it's 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 invaluable to me now that I started from a young age because I dealt with rejection from a very young age. I feel like you've also got to learn how to audition. Absolutely, yeah. And you do from a young age, really. You mm. know, I was, looking back, I was probably absolutely shockingly bad. And to the point where when I go for an audition now, I actually believe I'm going to get it. I think I'm going to get yeah. it before I've got it. I've, I, and you've got to have that mindset. Whereas when I was younger, 
I remember feeling sort of inferior if there's all these people going up for it and I've got no chance, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Do you know what I mean? And I wish I'd have had yeah. the mindset I've got now when I was younger. So I started going for auditions for big ones as well. You know, I went for uh, the role of Chesney in Coronation Street and it was actually um, between me and him for the role. Like It got right down to the end and they were casting a dark-haired mum and a, um, a ginger-haired mum. And I think it was kind of down to which colour-haired mum they went for. That, that For sake, Wendy be- Peters. I know, you know. <laughs> and my mum sort of said, when she told me that I hadn't got it, we got the letter through and we hadn't got it. And she just said, I was just like, all right, okay, I'm going back out to play with my friends. And it was such a big thing for everyone else. But to me, I was just it was just kind of the norm. Yeah. Um, because we were so lucky to be going for so many auditions when I was younger. The first, the first role that I actually got was in a programme, which I don't know if you've heard of, um, Bernard's Watch. Yeah, so the... the it was like, the oh my God. Clock. Yeah, I absolutely, you know, it was one of them programs that when I was younger, I loved it. And, you know, everyone at my school loved it. I was about eight or nine years old. And it was, when I was filming it, it was like I'd stepped into the TV. It was just amazing, which I think then, and that's the thing where, you know, when I was choosing it for my secondary school, I think all my friends at school knew that I I liked to play football and, and, you know, I was like that. But then they knew that I did acting, they knew that I did it all. So they kind of all expected me to kind of choose around. So I didn't really get too much of a hard yeah. time for it. I feel like they all kind of respected, all oh, right, he's, he's doing it. So yeah, that was it really. I remember filming it and just absolutely loving the experience. Then it just kind of all spiralled from there really. And I just kept, you know, I got I got the hunger for it then and I wanted to keep going for auditions. And and yeah, just did quite a lot as a, as a kid really, which I'm, I'm, I feel really fortunate yeah. to have done. I am. Um, I always laugh when people bring up like their favorite TV shows when they were a kid because, like, this is just like my life and like summed up. I, I grew up like during like the BBC revolution, like the BBC Three revolution. So like, I didn't really watch a lot of kids TV, like, and I found myself like, I, sh- I shouldn't say this. My parents would probably get into trouble. Like, I was very young watching Shameless two pints of lager and a packet of crisps like yeah and they're still my favorite tv shows now but i just laugh when people are like oh yeah i was watching bernard's watch or the teletubbies and i'm like yeah i was watching frank gallagher fair enough (laughs) um but we mentioned it um slightly before about drama school training and stuff and you done your bachelor of arts degree in acting at the universal uh, universal university of central lancashire yeah you can with you my my research might be shy um but one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to drama school are crazy and funny drama school stories because the shit that goes on behind those doors people wouldn't believe and we were talking about it earlier like what would our parents say if we were if they could see us running around like gorillas and pandas and all that shit and and, and literally you're thinking i've paid nine thousand pounds to be a gorilla today well another flex scotland yeah Mm. um but do you have a story that you can share with us that are my favourite things in the world? Well, I mean, it, it was it was all just a bit mental, really, from start to finish. I think um, in first year, like I said, it was very much we're going out and that kind of took priority over actually going in. We'd go in and we'd be blurry-eyed and it was carnage, really. Yeah. But then I kind of got to a point where I had a chat with one of my tutors and they sort of said, you need to kind of remember why you're here in a way. And I feel like that had kind of come from me me going to Leeds Uni and I just felt like that was how unis were that was what you did you know everyone yeah. went and even the, you know the tutors wouldn't go in but when I went to UCLAM and especially because I was doing acting and it was drama school affiliated it was 
it was different, but it just took me a little bit longer than everyone else to kind of realise that. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we did yoga. We had to start doing yoga. And I'm thinking, why do I need to do yoga? But it really changed your physique. It changed your, changed everything, really. But I remember one day we were doing um, yoga and it was really, really serious. Like everyone had got into it at this point and it was, it was dead serious. And one of my friends, I won't name his name because he might listen to this we were we were all doing yoga and the yoga teacher's at the front and she's in the downward dog and you, you know you're rising up through the sun and doing all the different yoga type positions and he let out the most enormous fart i have ever heard in my life oh, i'd kill myself and he wouldn't even admit that it was him he was absolutely traumatized from it even the even the teacher brought character and she was laughing you know it was just yeah and that but that was in first year i think we all got a little bit better at it um moving mm. forward but that's just one of them things where when nature calls it you know you can't help it no it doesn't it doesn't you can help it keep it in <laughs> I, I don't need that shit um one of my biggest things like the first time well both times actually that i went to drama school i learned a lot about myself about life just about the world in general. Yeah, what was like the biggest lesson that you learned at drama school? I feel like I really changed as a person through my three years there training. Like I said, I went in as a bit of a, you know, I, I was going out and, and I feel like I really sort of got rid of that whilst I was there. I think that the big thing for me was, um, like I said before, I'd done a little bit of work from from being young. So I had an mm. agent um and you know i've been to loads of i had quite a lot of experiences going to meet different casting directors and auditions and i feel like i was sort of um knocked down a peg or two when i got there really because a few people that i was training with had come through clearing so they'd not even really had any acting experience they just kind of thought probably like i did before doing business i want to do acting and then yeah. they kind of found themselves there because they have to fill up the certain amount of places that they get allocated through the unit so I was a little bit disheartened because I just felt like my confidence in a way was not really. And I sort of slowly built that back up to the point where I was leaving. But I think the biggest thing that I learned was people put so much into having an agent. And, you know, that is that was the end goal. We did two showcases at the end of the three years. So we did one in Manchester, one in London. And different agents from Manchester and London would be invited to come and watch what we'd done. And there was so much built up about these two showcases. And say we had 40 people in the year, maybe only 20 actually got into the London showcase. You know, I think everyone did the Manchester one, but 20 did the London one. So it just became really, really competitive. And yeah. it doesn't feel like that. It just became like everyone was against each other. And I thought, in a way, I kind of learned that it, it, it doesn't need to be like that. And I don't feel, I don't feel like that the actual... Um, the way that that course is run, I don't feel like that's a good thing. I think, I think, yeah, my head did go. Only half the people get to do the London one. That's a bit shit. Yeah, and then you, you know, you're having your we call them Viva Watches, where you go for yeah. um, like a bit of a, a meeting with with the tutors, and they sort of tell you if you're in. It was a bit like bloody the X Factor boot camp, you know. <laughs> and there's people, you know, you, you go in and you're coming out, and you go, oh, did you find out? Have you got in? And you're going, all oh, right, they're in. So what does that mean for me? I thankfully got in, but then, you know, some of the people that didn't, it really sort of affected them. And I just think acting, a big thing for acting is confidence. Yeah. If you're confident in yourself and if you're confident in what you do, and, and, and I just think that, and that's another thing with, with having the performing arts schools, some kids might come in and have no experience, mm. never done it before. And it's all about us building the confidence up. Because I feel like when, when the confidence is high, yeah. you get a lot more out of them. And I just think 
a lot was made about agents. I actually went to the Manchester showcase and the London showcase, and I didn't get an agent. Yeah, I didn't book an agent yeah, on my showcase. But it's like, I was like, but I've had agents. I've had maybe two when I was younger. Mm. How have I not got an agent? And I, I just feel like a lot of it is then after drama school. So I don't feel like anyone, I th use it for what you want, but don't worry if you don't get an agent from showcase. Don't worry. You feel like other people are doing better than you. It's all about you. One person who I trained with got probably the best agent out of the London showcase. I think they were the only person to get an agent out of the London showcase. And we were all like, oh my God, that's it. She's, you know, she's going to Hollywood. And you know what? Because this person had never had any experience before, they thought, right, that's it. I've got an agent. I'm done. I think they gave it six months in the industry. Didn't get an audition, didn't get a part. Maybe got auditioned, but didn't get a part and gave it up. And there were some people who didn't get an agent who have then gone on to work and work and work and are still working now and doing really well. So I think what I did learn is everyone's on a different journey and it doesn't matter. You should never compare yourself to other people. It's all about you. And if you want it bad enough and if you're prepared to sort of commit to it and, and keep going, then you, you can do whatever you want to do. It's just not letting yourself get distracted by other people, really. Mm. Mine, mine is very similar. I remember. I don't think I've ever told this story publicly. Um, so Samantha, if you're listening, I've never told you this, but I'm about to tell it to the world. Um, one of my best friends in drama school. We were partnered together for showcase. We had a scene together, and um, she got an offer halfway through our showcase. Like the night of the showcase, she came to me while we were waiting to do our second scene. She comes to me and she went, "Look, I've got an offer from like a decent agent." And I was like, oh, great, great. Um, and then instantly turned around, ran, got my phone, was refreshing my emails. Yeah, yeah. And nothing came through for me. And I, I was pissed off about it, really. Like, I was like, yeah. we were in the same scene together. Like, how is this not working for me? And then I realized that it's not going to happen for everyone. This is a very specific set of circumstances you're working against. And it's just a lot nicer to be happier for those people that get those things instead of being... Yeah bitter that you didn't get them yeah exactly and that was the thing of when everyone was getting into the london showcase it became really toxic within the year group because everyone was sort of why should that person go and why should yeah. that person go they did this in year one and why should that person go i've done this and and it just it just wasn't a nice that is a very weird thing, really not a nice atmosphere and i know a girl that actually didn't get anything and she went she was in hollyoaks for a bit you know what i mean and mm. and she really suffered with it and like i said people who got an agent are now not even doing it so it doesn't matter at all i yeah. think whatever you want your career to be you will make it after it it doesn't need to kind of become between everyone because yeah as soon as, you've, as soon as we graduated as soon as we finished that was it everyone was kind of out on their own and, and that was it then mm. Yeah, no, a hundred. I agree a hundred percent. Like it, it's a mad industry, and there's no right way to go about it. But like, it's just the way that it is. I wish I could exactly. change it. Exactly. I wish I knew exactly. how to yeah. make it. But like, it's it's just difficult. But um, talking about like booking jobs and stuff, you were in another one of my favorite TV shows, uh, Ackley Bridge. Genuinely. I remember when it was coming out and I was like, this is going to be shit. This is a ripoff of Waterloo Road. It's not going to be worth it, right? And I remember, I didn't even watch it on the telly. That's how much I wasn't interested. And they put the first episode on YouTube. Like, mm. no ads. And I watched it and I was like, oh, fuck, this is good. This is good. Yeah. And I binge watched that, it all. Yeah, well, so 
I obviously just dra- graduated from drama school. I then um, had maybe six months where I thought, right, I'm I'm going to get an agent now. Mm. So I sent out emails. Obviously, like I said, I didn't get anything from Manchester or London showcase. So I started sending out emails, um, and I, I met with an, I met with two agents actually, and the one that I wanted didn't offer me it. Yeah, and the one didn't want, offered me it. So I was a bit like, well, I'm obviously going to go with that agent. So I went with the agent that I actually preferred the other mm. one and um, started working for a little bit. And then I got to a point where the agent that I actually wanted came back to me and then we, we um, I, I sort of went with them. I got the audition for Ackley Bridge. At the time, it, was, it wasn't even called Ackley Bridge. It was just, this is uh, something Channel 4 are doing. It was actually, I think on the script, it was called The ABC at the time. So I don't even think they'd come up with a name at that point. The audition was for a role in it, a really, really small minor role. And I think this was the biggest sort of thing for me, really. It's the biggest thing that I've taken from it is um, it doesn't matter what size role. You know, you might get something on a soap that they might say, oh, it's just one episode. And you think, well, I don't want to be in one episode. I want to be in a regular. But you never know what that might actually you turn up, up, you do a good job, they write you more. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I auditioned for Ackley Bridge, it was for one scene, I think. It was literally one scene in one of the episodes. I went in, um, obviously tried to make an impression, feel like I did, and to the point where they then built that character up and then they became a family. Um, and it was it was brilliant, you know, the, the Murgatroyds. They're, they're a little bit like they've stepped out of Shameless and into... Yeah, it was a bit like that which is brilliant you know I had tattoos all over my neck I had a shaved head um, but it was, it was brilliant to be able to play a character like that because I'd like to think it's a little bit far from myself hopefully yeah. um, and just speaking of the family once you've listened to this episode go back and listen to Freddie's on-screen auntie, um, Natalie oh, Gavin. Yeah. She's been on yeah. the pod. Um, but yeah, no, it, and that's something that I wanted to ask because I think it's fascinating when people are faced with characters, and I was talking to Natalie about this, actually, that are, in this instance, so far right, and I mean in the political sense, not the in the correctness, yeah. um, are so far right and have so many controversial and incorrect views how do you sort of navigate? I can't remember. Did you have to say anything particularly? Yeah, I did, to be fair. But I also feel like um, the fact that obviously Eckley Bridge is watched by a lot of people, mm. it's good to kind of raise these sort of issues. You know, our jobs as actors... Yeah, we, to we reflect tell, life. But like, it's, you know, people who think that I have those views, it, you know... The, <laughs> need the, to understand what acting is. Obviously wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So our job as an actor is a storyteller, ultimately. Mm. So... When I got the role, obviously, like I said, that the first series was that. The second series, when I got the scripts through, I was going, wow, this is some really sort of deep stuff. And I remember we were doing like a uh, an EDL sort of match in the middle yeah. of Halifax Town Centre and we were filming that. And it was like, you know, people were asked and they're not really sure what to think about it. But like I said, it, it's good to sort of raise those topics, you know, those yeah. taboo subjects on, on screen because it gets people talking about them and it kind of it flags the fact that they are so wrong in a way because our characters, you know, we, we weren't extremely likable. We were sort of there to kind of mix things up a little bit and portray what it's actually like. You know, that is real life. That That, that is what it's like. Yeah. So that's why, you know, things like that need to be addressed and, and it, it's it's a sort of a, a really important thing, I think. Mm. And so I felt 
lucky really lucky and proud the fact that i was i was going to be able to kind of put that across and and be the one to kind of get that across to the to the audience yeah i think something that i love doing as well is while i'm watching a tv show when it goes to like the ad break i'll go on twitter and i'll be like hashtag ackley bridge see what people are saying and something that really sort of popped out to me while this was all happening was that it was allowing the people that had these far right controversial opinions to see the other side of the conversation because they don't really get to see that side of the conversation and then you've got characters like um naz and sinetra saka's um character they're discussing the after effects of these issues in these political statements in air quotes and i think that was really interesting to see these people that do have controversial opinions get to see the other side of the conversation that they normally wouldn't yeah, and that's what it's all about. That's, you know, seen it from both sides in a way. And really, I think our side was kind of made out to be the bad guys, which is, I, I think, right. Accurate. Um, <laughs> accurate, yeah, absolutely. And, and and you know, you see the other side and, and you see it all kind of tie up together. And, and that's why it's important. It gets people talking. It gets mm. these issues spoken about. And, and, and that is the, that's our job, really. Yeah. It's entertainment. But it, it, it's to kind of, you know, to tackle these sort of things that are going on. Do you have a favourite behind the scenes moment from while you were filming Ackley Bridge? Something that we wouldn't necessarily see? Something, well, I, I think the fact, I've sort of already touched on it a little bit. I think obviously the people that you get to work with, mm. that's a massive thing. And, um, you know, I've actually taught two of the two of the children that I robbed their house in Ackley Bridge. They actually come to my academies now, which is, they didn't at the time, but, you know, they come in and, and then we sort of recognise each other and go, hang on a minute, I robbed your house. <laughs> so I think it, it, it it's more so the whole sort of industry, you know, being in there, you know, speaking to yeah. Alex, was the producer, he was brilliant with me, you know, getting to speak to him, the directors. The, I think the people you meet, and obviously like Natalie Gavin, she's brilliant as well, got to work with her. And you stay in touch with these people, you know, and, yeah. and you really do, and you build up sort of bonds with them. And I've met good friends like the the lad that played my brother, Jake Hayward. I'm still friends with him, Sam Bottomley. Such a good actor. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. You know, you, you, you meet these people through obviously getting these jobs, and then you don't know where that's going to lead. You know, you don't know if you're going to work together again. It's one of those sort of industries where it's you might never work with them again, but you might work with them in a couple of months' time. And it's and, you, and you're always learning as well. But yeah, one of my personal favourite moments was the fact that, like I said, when I auditioned for it, it was for one scene. And that obviously is, I'm going to take a bit of pride in the fact that it then by series three, yeah. it built with this whole family. And so I think I've kind of done myself proud there in a way that I've, I've made a depression and that's something that is really, really important to me because, like I said, some people might turn their nose up at, oh, it's one scene, I I, I want more than that. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't know what it's going to lead to and it, it did, thankfully, lead to a lot more, which is is great. Did you nick anything from the set? A coat, yeah, a really warm, nice big coat. <laughs> I gave it to my granddad, I think. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to, to be honest. Um, we, we'd gone to location and I'd ended up, I think it was really, really bad rain. It was freezing. And I'd ended up just getting in the car and going and I'm like, oh, this coat's not mine. <laughs> yeah, it coat. it, it is was, now. <laughs> what was re- really fun as well is the props team had kind of um, spoken to me and they've sort of said, we they want to make the house as kind of real as possible. So it was quite weird to get there and there's, Pictures of me when I was like a young boy um, on the mantelpiece and everything like that. That was quite 
Yeah. That was bizarre. But yeah. I have got I have actually got a watch that they used in Bernard's watch. That was that's something that's that I've still got now. That is I'm I'm sure that would be worth quite a bit on eBay. Yeah. If, if you ever fall on hard times. Absolutely. That will be <laughs> on eBay. Yeah. One of the watches and sadly it actually doesn't stop time, which I'm a bit annoyed about. Yeah. But what do you mean? It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> Well, I think Magical this is over the years. It's actually not real, which has really traumatised my childhood. A fun question that I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, I want to do a two-hander with you in the West End, but I don't know who I want to like partner you with, and you can pick anyone in the world, but they have to be alive, who are you picking? Anyone in the world? Ed, but they have to be alive. That's a tricky one. I've got to carry on my campaign that's been going on for hundreds of weeks, and it's starting to feel very personal that it hasn't happened. Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. She made me look like a piece of shit and I'm at peace with it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to use one of the stereotypical ones like Tom Hardy or someone like that. I, I think I, I would want to do something about football. I want I, I want to write something about football and, and obviously acting. So something mm. that kind of brings that together really. And like, I would probably choose someone like James Corden because I, I do really... Enjoy controversial, controversial. I know. I, d- I do like his writing, and I think the North South divide thing is quite a unique thing. I think we're very different to Northerners are very different to mm. su- Southerners. Where's your North South border? Birmingham. Oh, that's quite su- that's quite South. Yeah, mine goes across the top of Yorkshire and cups in Blackpool, but then everything else after that is yeah. South. Fair enough. I think because I'm from a little bit further down, but yeah. Um, I think there's so much good happening in the northwest, so I feel like that is the north, like Leeds, mm. Manchester, Liverpool. There's a lot going on in those sort of areas. So yeah, but yeah, I would I would say someone like James Corden or uh, do you, no. Do you know what? I'm going to completely change it. Aaron Egerton, I think he's fantastic. Yes. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I'd love to work with him, and you know he's into his football. He's yeah, that would be good. I, I do think. Something like that could be could be really, really good. We've mentioned throughout the episode you had performing arts academies. How can people get involved in stuff? How do people start taking classes? And Because I think it's important um, that young people yeah. get involved. Although I hope young people aren't listening to this because I swear too much. So, but if you've yeah. got kids in the areas of Yorkshire and Manchester. Yeah. So, yeah, we um, it's performing arts school. So it's basically what I did when I was younger. What what I will say is I, I feel like it's really important to have that plan B in a way that I'm 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 incredibly passionate about the performing arts school, but it's at a point now where obviously we've got quite a lot of students at both academies. So if I get an acting role, I've got staff in place that I can just kind of yeah. get up and and do it, and it, it's still running, which is amazing. But when when it is quiet and and you do really have times that you know acting is really quiet, nothing's really going on auditions are a bit sparse and, mm-hmm. and you can get a little bit sort of down with it really but I do feel really lucky the fact that I've got something I've got a career that I'm I'm really passionate yeah. about and we can I'm all I'm I'm constantly working on the next thing really we've just done a, a show um, that I wrote that we were in as well it was a panto and it's brilliant you know so yeah it's it's like a, a proper performing arts school we do acting singing and dancing we've got one in Manchester in Worsley called B Academy and we've got one in Keithley in um West Yorkshire called Bolt Academy. We've got websites. So if you type in Bolt Academy or B Academy on online, you can. All um, the links are down in the show notes below. So once yeah, you've listened to this episode, go down, click the link. Yeah, I will send you all them. And yeah, they can get a free trial. So they can come and trial any of the classes that we we have on offer. And it's just a brilliant atmosphere at both, really. It's, it's really, really sort of, you know, maybe out of 
90 new starters out of 100, the 90 stay because the atmosphere and, and the kids that are already there are really friendly as well and, and we always partner them up. So it's great. You know, we have a casting agency. We've got a student in Emmerdale. Yeah, so we, we try and get them as many opportunities that I yeah. feel lucky to have had when I was younger. And I do feel like it's important to kind of have that, you know, all the teachers that we've got, they are industry professionals, so they're all working out in the industry. Yeah. So the, the students are getting first-hand training because it is constantly evolving in the industry. They're getting first-hand training of, what it's actually like, you know, we do acting for camera classes for kids that just want to come and build confidence. That's all right as well. Because yeah, you don't have to look at it as a career. No, not everyone wants to be an actor. You know, some might just want to come and get a little bit more confident. They might want to build up a little bit more, you know, um, self-belief and people skills. That's also fine. You know, it, it's for, for everything. And one of my friends, because you mentioned that you'd done business and then went to drama school. One of my friends done it the opposite way around, did a year at drama school, decided that it didn't like work for him and then went and done a business degree. But when we were talking after it, he was like, but remember when we had to do shows, now I can speak in front of people and I know how to do a presentation and stuff. So you actually like, as much as people say, oh, they're fannying about on stage, you actually learn like real life skills yeah. from doing these classes and, and stuff. Absolutely. And and the, the experiences that I got from going to a performing arts school when I was younger and the friends that I made, mm -hmm. I'm still friends with them all now. Like I'm in a band with with one of them that um, you know we we I'm a lot of my friends are friends that I actually met from from going there. And I left when I was fifteen. Yeah, I'm thirty, I'm 30 last week, so that's fifteen years I've been not there, and I'm still friends with those people because I'm in the industry that I am, and and you find a way. You you end up working with them all at some point if they stay in it. I thought we were the same age. I didn't know you were thirty. Thirty? Yeah. How old are you? Twenty five. Oh yeah. Yeah, I look older, but like we yeah, deal so with the cards life so if it's set yeah. We're going to play a game now It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite It's three stories Two of them are the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth And have been submitted by listeners And one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up By my producer Heather I've got the answer in a sealed envelope here Because I'm playing along too And we've got to find out which one's the lie Right, okay And I just want to say before I do this Two of them are quite um quite on the dark side of stories But they're funny as fuck And um, don't come for me for reading these out um, Number one I went to drama school with someone who had Tourette's And suffered with tics I didn't know what Tourette's was and complimented him on his great beatboxing. Oh, Number two, our drama school hired a minibus to take us to and from the theatre during our final show. One day I was the first to turn up to the meeting point and my teacher was in the back of the minibus having a wank. Oh my God. Number three, a student of mine once came to me panicking because she couldn't figure out she couldn't figure out how to make her crying fit into the rhythm of the iambic pentameter which is quite funny. I really hope the second one is false. Yeah, that's like... That's got to be. I mean, but I also don't think your producer would make that up, to be honest with you. Well... But I don't know her. She's a dark, twisted bitch. God. Um, well, we're we're going to have to go for this. I mean, I, I really... I think it's that bad it's not been made up. Right, there's some people out there that definitely don't know what Tourette's is. Yeah. And if they've, like, walked in... Right, and I want to just preface this by saying like what I'm about to say don't come for me if somebody walks in and somebody's having like an attack of ticks and they don't know what Tourette's is they could mistake that for beatboxing I kind of believe it it's also yeah, something true. stupid that I would probably say I'm not gonna lie like without yeah. thinking um yeah. I could definitely I definitely know people who don't understand Shakespeare like I've studied it quite a lot and 
get it. And that could be a valid concern of, because it's like in the iambic pentameter of like, how do I fit my crying into the rhythm? Yeah. So I think I'm going to go for number two. Ugh, I, I, I'm going to go for number two, uh-huh. but I think it's that bad it's not made up. Right, let's find I out. Think, I, yeah. And to be fair, what I am going to say is it is a drama school, so that they are probably adults, so nobody is a nonce in this story. Yeah, that's really good. We're not promoting that. that. Yeah, no, not at all. Number three. Oh, Jesus. Do you know... Somebody's teacher had a wank. That is slightly disturbing. Anyway, and and there's me thinking a Trump story might get everyone going, but yeah, Yeah. that's not good. Could you imagine, like, being able to say, yeah, I turned up to the minibus one day, and um, my my teacher was just... Where where, where was the driver? I think they might have been driving it. Ah, right, okay. So it might have been like, oh, we've hired a minibus to take you to this theatre... I'll pick you up at X, Y, Z. Anybody out there listening that's going to start teaching in drama schools, don't have a wank, like, on the clock. Don't do not do that. On yeah, a... just don't. Just don't. Yeah, um, just don't. We, we have a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask the guest from the previous episode to leave a, uh, a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking. You won't know who you're asking. But the question that's been left for us to answer today is, if you could be a superhero, who would you be? I would be Superman. Because when I, I mean, Superman's just fantastic in general. Mm. But actually, when I was younger, I thought I was Superman to the point where I actually got everyone to stop calling me Freddy, and they had to call me Superman Samuel Bolt. That was my that was my name to to the point where my girlfriend now actually writes me birthday cards because my mum's told her this story, <laughs> and um, she writes to Superman Samuel Bolt. So now that's going on there. I think, right, and I'm just going to look at this from a different perspective, I'd be Batman, because he's got a shit ton of money. Yeah, he's fairly minted, he's Batman, I, I, yeah, but he's mm. got the Joker to contend with. I feel like Spider-Man's a bit more, he's got things, he's he's got grips on things, do you know what I yeah. mean? And he fly, yeah. well, can't fly, but he can sort of, you know. But if I was Batman, I could just take all of my money and leave Gotham. You could. That would kill the story. and, and the, Yeah. But I'd be know, rich as fuck. You, yeah, you would be rich, yeah. Fair That's enough. what I'm going to go yeah. for. What question would you like to leave for the next guest? What's what's coming up next for you and stuff? Where can people come see you? Are you doing anything? I've so I'm doing two theatre um, shows next year. That's confirmed so far. So we're doing um, I'm doing a panto actually at, at Yeadon Town Hall. So we start rehearsals for that next week actually, um, but it's on for like a four week run. Mm. And then we are, and then I'm doing a tour. Um, we're doing a tour straight after that. We're going to maybe do. Um, I think we're doing bouncers. So Bond. there's some theaters that they're getting doing that. Um, I've done bouncers before, to be honest. I absolutely love it. I love John Gobber. I think it just needs maybe updating a little bit, but that's what John Gobber says. He says you can kind of take... The, change the, references. Kind of Modernise it and, and change references to sort of fit the area that you're doing it. So, <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that next year, really. So, yeah, mm. quite a, a busy year already. And then... With the performing arts schools, we do four big shows a year. So I'm writing Peter Pan now for next December. Well, if you need someone to play Captain Hook, that's like the role now that I want, and I will. I yeah. work cheaply. Right. Okay. I work. What about, so... what about travel down from Glasgow? Oh, we'll get on the mega bus. 
All right, great. I find a couch That's to sleep on. <laughs> I've done worse. Uh. I, I've fucking like when last year I sort of don't do it anymore, but I was in London like three, four times Megabus. a week. Have you done the megabus it... down there? Yeah. Well, what I normally do is the overnight one, and then I just get on and go to sleep. Jesus, right? Because I am a weirdo that can sleep anywhere. I I can't see that's the thing, but we we have students now who get an audition in London, and we had one recently who got the overnight megabus, and I just feel so bad for them because I just a it's a fantastic opportunity and it's a good experience, but you just know that they could go in that audition room, be in and out in twenty seconds, and you just think I, I just sometimes I just feel like I can't let them do it. I, I try and push more for a self tape really. Where can everyone follow you on social media and stuff to keep up to date with what you do? Um, so I'm on the normal sort of stuff like Instagram. I'm not actually on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. So it's at FreddieB1993, I think, which is the year that I was born. Um, so yeah. Well, that so- makes sense now. I thought we were the yeah. same age, but I've got your Instagram in front of me and it says 1993 and I'm 98. Is that what it is? FreddieB1993? Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. I post most of the stuff that I'm doing on there, really. Yeah. Coming up, and I'm playing in a charity football game next Sunday. Actually, a week on Sunday with some quite big names. I've, I've done a few of them. I, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed scoring a hat trick past Colin Hendry and Marlon Brooms. I think so. Colin Hendry was the, he, he was Scotland's captain, I think, and he's the guy that when Paul Gascoigne mm. chipped the ball over the Scotland. I'm not a massive and, football fan. So you know, well, all my friends are. My best mate will know about this. Yeah, so. It, uh, Colin Henry was the guy that Gaza flicked the ball over his head and scored, and then they did the dentist's chair. So, yeah, I scored three past him in the last game. So, But now I'm on the same team as him, so hopefully he doesn't get three scored past him this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Genuinely, I really appreciate anybody that takes the time of the day to come and chat shite with me. Because, like, I don't like to make it serious. I don't like to make it, like, fucking... I'll, I sometimes ask serious questions, but I like to just keep it light-hearted and fun. And but yeah. genuinely, thank you very oh, much. I've, for I've genuinely on. enjoyed it, and thank you for asking me. And it's good to meet you. And a hundred percent. And if you're ever in Glasgow, yeah. hit me up. First round of drinks around me. I'm coming tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'm in rehearsals tomorrow, so all right. Okay, I, I'm not. Make it Saturday, and we'll uh. I'll sort something out. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 151 completed. Thank you so much to Freddie for coming on the show, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're enjoying the podcast, why not tell someone about it? Leaving a rating and a review on the show will recommend us to other listeners and help us grow. Don't forget, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please click the link to the Google form in the show notes and submit your story, or give us an email at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. You can now also become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon, that's also down in the show notes i'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode but until then thank you so much for listening again have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout thought your whole course now try something new